Welcome to the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Josiah, but before we get the show started, and before you hear who is on this podcast with me, I feel like I need to do some explaining. So we're going to do a different weekly format than we have done in season one. Since this is the start of season two, we thought we would mix it up. So what we're going to do is have shorter weekly episodes where a couple millennials get together to talk about stuff. And every week, it's going to be different topics. And sometimes it might even be different millennial pastors or former pastors, once current or former pastors. We're still going to do the long form version of our show where we interview different millennial pastors. But we're not just interviewing millennial pastors this season. But you'll have to hear more about that on a later episode. But let's get this show started. So without further ado, who else do I have on the podcast with me? As always, your co-host, Byron. Slash the talent, supposedly. You know it. Who else? Uh, the better co-host, Will, <laughs> Byron's older which, brother. Which he proved wasn't true last time we did this, but okay. Oh, my lanta. I think it was the opposite, but we'll, we'll, we'll roll with Go it. Go listen to it again, Will. <laughs> if you guys couldn't tell, <laughs> these two are brothers, and Will is known as the favorite brother. Go ahead and listen to episode two of season one. You'll hear a little bit more about it. Uh, Will Certain is the favorite certain brother. But these two, uh, with yours in, yours truly included, are going to be the the first... Well, it's actually episode two, because we did do a trial episode one last season. But we're going to be the, the, the pioneers of this new format. And what we're going to do is we're going to have three different segments. And each one of us is going to start those different segments. And we're going to actually time ourselves, because believe it or not, sometimes we talk longer than we should. Maybe it's because... We just like talking with each other, or maybe it's because we're pastors. But each segment, or, or we're millennials and we're entitled, or we're millennials and we're entitled. Could be so, all three. Will we don't have time to address all the stereotypes? Oh, sorry, we'll have sorry. to do that on another. I'm sorry. So segment one, we're just going to share what happened this week in our own lives, so you can hear more from what it means to be a millennial, former pastor or current current pastor. The we get it. Just uh, I'm not a pastor anymore. Burn, I know. I'm just trying. Anymore. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to like say <laughs> some of us have failed at life and others haven't. You can say it that way if you want. Just but. because I'm not a pastor and I failed at life. I, I just failed at ministry. I was being Josiah. nice. I was I being at, nice. That's not nice. <laughs> no, before I said that, I was being nice. But then you yeah. brought it up. You said, it's okay. I'm not a ministry. That doesn't mean I failed at life. I know. I'm just, just kidding. failed at ministry. Byron, it's different. This is- <laughs> <laughs> Josiah, you have to realize you have to well, separate you your life it. from you ministry. You have a four kids and a wife. Oh, my life. Your life is not your ministry. Moving right along. This is just our love language. <laughs> forgive us. Forgive us, listeners, and Jesus also forgive us. Segment one, sharing what happened this week. Segment two uh, is just a pop culture being a cool kid thing, because that's what we like to do is be cool kids. Each of those segments, we're only going to give ourselves five minutes as a collective group to talk about them, which is probably impossible, but it sounds like a fun experiment. Our third segment is going to be twice as long at a hearty and meaty 10 minutes. And it is something that is of some sort of theological significance. So opening up, you're going to hear about our lives. The second thing we're going to talk about is fandom, fandom about sports, probably primarily. And our third topic is going to be really fun, where we try to discuss 
how it's maybe something we need to relearn how to have tough conversations with people we disagree with on, especially given the current cultural climate. All the things that are going on seem to be a perfect case study for why maybe as a people, we need to learn how to have conversations with those we disagree with. But start us off, Byron, what happened this week? So, yeah, so as I've talked about in the past, I work at a school with special needs kids. And last Monday, um, we started school. And <laughs> our first week was rough. Had a whole lot going on. Our classroom was pretty chaotic. Um, one day I spent, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour repeatedly taking a kid off of different tables. And because he was standing on tables and chairs the whole time and just jumping around and losing it um that was fun and he also tore lights down off the ceiling like the hanging lights like uh, string lights you know and yeah it was good times he also kicked over a a table not on purpose but like it's a good thing i had him because he would have gone down hard so So, all this practice for becoming a dad one day yeah Yeah, i was just gonna say Byron. it sounds like you know what just josiah and my life is like every single day <laughs> yeah but here's the best part Kid, i got paid for it you don't uh that's so, yeah. true but that's yeah true. so like just the fact that like in a classroom with like multiple special needs kids of different ages like life is just chaotic and you never know what's going to happen so like, you wake up in the morning you get ready you go to school and everyone's looking at each other like so i'm an aide i'm not I, i'm not salary I, I clock in so we're like getting ready to run the clock you know clocking in and we're just like, all right, this is day two. Let's see what happens. It's crazy. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do enjoy my job, but it's it, it can be chaotic. It's one and, of those object lessons where if you ask God to teach you patience, he basically puts you in a room with a whole bunch of children that won't listen. Yeah. There you go. That's, again, Josiah and my life on a daily basis. <laughs> One day, one day, all the things, all the snide comments that Byron said about what our children were, we're not doing. It'll come. I don't say that many snide comments. I laugh at your stories. You tell me the crazy things your kids do, and I just go, that's hilarious. Most of the time, it feels like you're laughing at my misery, though, if I'm not mistaken. That's because you're miserable. That's not, I'm just laughing at the story. You're taking it that way. That's on you. Okay, that's fair. Enough. Although how how sassy your daughter is is like one of my favorite things in life. I, I have to say that one, I, I definitely should I get I get where you're coming from, because the stories you tell about her are just like, yeah, they're the best. I love sure. her. Yeah, she's hilarious. Will has two daughters though, so he has double double the potential. Yeah, man. Size. Yeah, and they're awesome. Uh, so the, <laughs> some some that's going on in my life, man. It's it's actually really sad. So Claire's birthday was yesterday, which is that wasn't sad. That was great. She's two, but my my oldest daughter May is going to preschool, and that's like a sad, sad day. For I me. can't it's believe not happen that. Until next week, but it's like, it's like, man, I'm not ready I for her that to go old. to school. I I yeah. don't. I remember um, she was an infant like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, she it's was. Crazy. She was. And I told and her she to, went stay, to, her to stay stage. that size. I love that. Said no. So. <laughs> no. Well, you're you're an old you're an old man now, Will. So how does that feel? You're sending your children off to school. I know. Yeah. I no. I'm not ready. You know. So I'll probably cry. I'll probably be one of those dads that cries. Yes. Do it. So. Yeah, man. K- K- and I'm dropping her off every day. So I'm the one who's going to do that. So yeah. Yeah, man. K- Caitlin absolutely said, because it was like Kaysen's first. Yeah, so that's, that's 
my oldest son's name, Kason. He's seven. Uh, when we went to first grade, my wife was basically like, oh, I don't have to cry today. I'm just dropping off for first grade. But like the moment we even stepped on the property, <laughs> it was waterworks. And she looked at me like, why am I crying still? And I, we, you know, obviously I gave her a hard time, but I just said silly things like, well, I guess it's because you love him. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but yeah, school starting is a huge momentous shift. And what Byron was referring to earlier is what's going on in my week. My wife went back to work, which means I resume kind of house spouse duties. And I'm home with currently four children right now, at least three days a week, sometimes four days a week uh, for the whole work day. Uh, for during the work week and that's because our children's schools are still being finished and being built so this past week i i said a thing to lily and my wife was home and overheard it i basically told lily my daughter who's the second oldest to stop being the queen of sass <laughs> or queen of tattling um and so she went to my son her older brother and said dad called me the queen and then he said lily he called you the queen of tattling that's actually not like a good thing but that's, she chose to hear what she chose to hear. She's wow. the best. Glass half full, man. Glass. I love that about her. Yeah, kids, kids are, kids are. I don't think it's half man. full. I think it's a full glass. Actually. Yeah. Hey, there you, there you go. Oh, geez. Oh, we're done, dude. That's our first segment. Segment two: pop culture and being a cool kid. We're apparently authorities on that. Are we, are we ready? Start it. Yeah. Being a cool kid. <laughs> so I'll start it off. Wow. With, we decided that we wanted to talk about fandom. We have all grown up together in the same state, which is curious, but we are fans of different teams. Um, and we're not crazy, crazy sports nuts, maybe. I don't know. I don't consider sports nuts. I know people that are way more into sports than me, but I'm sure to a person that doesn't watch sports, they would consider us crazy sports nuts. But I grew up uh, an Arizona fan. So if it was an Arizona team, I was a fan of it by default because that's where I was born and raised. Um, you both were born in Arizona, too, but you, you weren't raised Cardinals fans or anything, right? You're both Broncos fans because your father is from, well, was your father born there or no? He no. was born in Arizona, but he grew up in his, a lot of his childhood was in Colorado. But, but isn't that just interesting? Our, our, our grandmother is it's a our huge grandma. Broncos fan. Yeah. So oh, okay. she was born in Kansas, but like right next to Colorado. And she's a huge Broncos fan. So like. Her kids are fan, Broncos fans, and then we became Broncos fans. So, like, it's – and I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I am a huge – at least I used to be, like, a crazy sports fan, in particular with the Broncos. Like, I have a team in every sport. Like, I, I like the Suns, and I, I the Diamondbacks became a team at the right time for me. I was a kid. Yeah, we were growing um, up in Arizona. They went to the World Series. Yeah, it was so like that was crazy. Like I, I liked that, but like I like the Broncos. I like other. I have a hockey team that's a Canadian hockey team. Randomly, um, I'm all over the place. But like I, I decided the last couple of years, like I don't watch live sports nearly as much as I used to, because I would get so angry, <laughs> especially with the Broncos. Like I take it personally, and it was not healthy. So what is it about that? Because that's I, I grew up, so it was 93, and you guys were Suns fans, right? Yeah. I was. Sort of. Sort of? Okay, well, the Will Suns. Will watched the games, but he didn't. He wasn't like me. Like, I was all about it at that age. I'm not a basketball. Grade. I mean, I like it more now probably than I did then, but I'm, I've, I've never been a big NBA guy. Well, it's just the cultural phenomenon of fandom because I, clear as day, I was five or six, so you can figure out my age, in 93, the Phoenix Suns, 
went to the championship game against the first three-peat Michael Jordan Bulls, I believe. Um, and so to this day, I can remember that we were like coming back from we, we were older than that, but we were in second grade. But, and yeah, not, I was like six. I don't know, six or seven, dude. I was young. I was born in '87. It was our second grade year, though, because I, I remember it because my teacher was a big fan. Well, whatever, whatever like, year it was. Just trust me, Charles Barkley versus Michael Jordan. See, fandom. This is the this. It is was the crazy. Making. Uh, we became fanatical, right? And to the point where after that, literally, my dad will to this day say, "I can't watch professional sports anymore because I get into such a." F- fervor i get so passionate and so worked up as if yelling at a tv is going to make my team play better as if wearing this color as opposed to that color is meaningful or significant i think it's silly but i am guilty of it as i know both of you to some degree are as well but it's crazy the cultural impact it has because both of you live in in states where the teams you grew up reading rooting for aren't there aren't aren't like the team to root for right yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm in the worst state because this is the home of the Chiefs. And so it's funny, actually, that we're talking about this because just just the other day, somebody was talking about, well, it was Saturday because the Chiefs played their first preseason game. And so everybody's wearing a Chiefs shirt. Patrick Mahomes is like the new Jesus or something. And so everybody's excited. And uh, and uh, anyway, and so so they're just they're just really talking about it. And Claire happened to be wearing a chief shirt it was a free chief shirt and i'm okay with her wearing a chief shirt. it's not like the end of the world well okay, okay? so explain that though but, your wife is a chief's fan so with your yes, kids you've always yeah, yeah. had kind of both yeah, kind yeah of and it's a free shirt it's not like it's not like i cared too much i didn't put her put her in it okay so that, that's true <laughs> your um, grandma well, don't worry again, your grandma's to not explain, gonna though, like your first may your old, oldest daughter had a blanket that was broncos on one side and chiefs right. on the other yeah so, like, you guys are split – you're a split fandom house. I mean, we've yeah. gone to games with your wife where she's wearing a Chiefs jersey and where we're, we wore Broncos jerseys. So, I yeah. mean – Yeah, and the Broncos won. So, there you <laughs> go. It's true. But, but yeah, and so, and so they the, – every single person that knows that I'm a Broncos fan, which is – you know, I'm in a rural setting, so a lot of people know I'm a Broncos fan. And, and, and they just came up to me and they're like, man, I really like your daughter's shirt today. Master Will. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well thank you. And I'm I'm not surprised you're saying that to me at all today. The so. lines that divide yeah. sometimes. Oh, that's it, yeah. dudes. So anyway, all that to say go Broncos. I'm just kidding. Oh my <laughs> God. We we seem to be at a default wanting to be divided, which is what's kind of gonna be maybe what we talk yeah. about in our third one. You wanna lead us off, Willard? Yeah, so that's that was an interesting conversation. I didn't I didn't see that fandom one going that way, but it ties in really well. Like you were saying, Josiah, of just this idea of, of where we are in our culture. Um, I think that's how I want to frame it is, is it's just like this cultural thing. And maybe fandom plays into that a little bit as well. But this idea I've been thinking recently, I hate social media and, and I, 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 I can't hardly be on it. Uh, without seeing, you know, like all this political stuff and it drives me crazy. Some of it and the way that we talk and the way that we talk about others and the way that we talk to others even, but mostly through social media, not even face to face. But it's interesting, like we're just so divided and we're so um, just one sided on everything. We can't have any wiggle room. We can't be open minded. Uh, and, and, and so it's just this idea of having a conversation with somebody that we disagree with or having, having a point of view 
um, that that's different than somebody else. And, and I've, I've, I've been thinking about it just even today, uh, from a point of view of love, like, so how, so I feel like the way we are in our country right now and our society right now is saying, you know, if, if somebody, if I don't agree with you, if, if I don't agree with you, then, uh, then I can't, I can't talk to you. I can't like you. I can't hang out with you. Like if we disagree on this, po- since we're in this political world that we're in now, um, the, this conservative idea, if I disagree with that, if I disagree with this liberal idea, I'm doing air quotes, by the way, uh, <laughs> we then, hear them. Will we can hear, I them. know, I know, man, Th- then, then like we can't be friends. So if I, so if I, if I want more gun control, then, then we can't be friends because I do, because this person doesn't or whatever, or whatever the issue, I mean, immigration is real big right now too. And, 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 and even other things like abortion or whatever, like we're so divided and we we're so against each other. Um, it's, it's like, we can't even have a conversation, um, together. We can't even be friend. We can't even figure out how, how to be in relationship, uh, with, with each other. And so oh. it's just an, it's, it's an interesting thing to me. I, I'm not, um, I'm trying to figure out like how to, how to be a pastor in the midst of that and to challenge people to say, you know what, like, like, because I'm a follower of Christ and because I, I am called to love God and love others, I have to live in a totally different way than our society and especially our social media is calling me to live. And, and this political atmosphere is calling me to live like like I can't I can't just dismiss somebody because they dis- because I disagree with them or their t- or their take. And I can't just argue with them um, or, or get mad at them or, or dismiss them. Like I, I need to find ways that I can like actually love somebody who I completely disagree with and, and be in a relationship with that person. Um, and be, because otherwise, what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, we're just going to be so divided and so hateful towards each other that, that I, I mean, the church will lose its witness, the, which in, in a lot of ways it has already. I mean, you know, it, we're, we're just, it, it's just, I think it's a serious thing that we need to think about and talk about. Have you heard of the, the concept of the cultural bell curve? Have you guys heard of that before? No, I don't think so. So I, I have, but I don't go for it. So even like 20, 30 years ago, maybe, and I don't have it in front of me, so don't fact check me on this, but once upon a time, <clears throat> the bell curve is, you know, just like a, a, a math a plotting of a curve and you're, you majored in math, Will. So it's like a, yeah. It's like a geometric or right. algebraic well, thing what, or whatever. I know what a bell curve is. I just haven't heard. But mathematically speaking, the bell curve is a visible representation of the law of averages where most right. people fall in the middle of the bell curve. And then right. once you get to the extreme right or left side of that X axis, is that right? Is the X axis the horizontal axis? The Y axis, isn't it? I don't know. No, dude, the, no the horizontal the axis. It doesn't matter. Um, there's less and less. Is, yeah. There's less down. and less people. Uh, that would be populating the extreme left or extreme light, right of that bell curve. And that's a, that's a picture of our cultural paradigm uh, from like 30 or 40 years ago, is that most people would be considered the moderate centrist um, and that the, the extreme views of the world or political or whatever would be few and far between. However, there's lots of speculation. People are currently kind of taking inventory, doing research. I don't know how you currently research this, but there's basically the hypothesis that we've inverted it into a well curve, which means, you know, it's an inverted bell. So the people that would be centrist, moderate in the middle are the few and far between. 
and everyone has polarized to fill in the extreme left or extreme right. So the cultural picture is flipped on its head where basically there's not any common ground. So people don't even try to have conversations because it would mean they would have to go across this expanse of nothingness to talk to somebody they disagree with. That's something that like has rattled around in my head because you couple that with, you know, what Jesus talks about in the the Sermon on the Mount in like Matthew five or whatever, the law of love, Um, like love your neighbor, uh, but you can also hate your enemy. Jesus says, now love your enemies and pray for those who harass you. Uh, It's just curious because it's exactly what you're saying. We have been trained and we're continuing to be trained and even formed and even in some ways subconsciously Mm -hmm. practiced to say, oh, they're on the other side of the well curve. I don't associate with them. So not only is it just like a we don't agree, but we don't even know how to talk or have dialogues or conversations with people that we have fundamental differences from because we see them as polar opposites, as such others that they're not even worth our time or effort. So here's here's but, my thing about that, though. I think the church is very guilty of helping create that. Not not, not completely guilty, but very guilty of helping create that because the church in America for a long time has tried to find ways to build walls around themselves and say, we don't associate with that person because they're a sinner as if we were clean. And, you know, like we went back, we've, we've kind of fallen back into the what's clean and what's not clean kind of law. And we've so diluted our, like our, um, our voice and really just shot ourselves in the foot, I guess. Like we've made ourselves culturally Unre- like not relevant anymore because we refuse to listen to other opinions. And this is like, I'm talking about from when we were kids, like where we grew up, like we've talked about this a little bit and just saw, I talked about it in the book too, but like we just continued to find ways to get away from like, Oh, that person, th- they have issues. We don't want them here. They smell funny, whatever it might be. The church in America has pushed the other away so much that now we helped get our culture to a place of you're not a person, you're an opinion. And if I disagree with your opinion, I hate you and you'll never have any value in my eyes. You're not a, like if we don't see people as human anymore, I don't think. And, that, and that's cultural, not just the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, if you disagree with me, if you are pro Trump or anti Trump or pro abortion or anti or whatever, your opinions don't, doesn't really matter where you fall. You could be like, oh, I like this one thing this politician does, but I don't like this. That's not relevant. Because if you like anything they've done, you're the worst person on the planet. Like, right. you're dead to me. Like, right. there's there's no in-between. Like you're saying, we're all, we're, there's, no, there's no place to go in that well. Like, I would say mm. I'm, politically, I'm pretty moderate. But when I lived in, like, San Diego and Hawaii, I, I probably, a lot of people probably thought I was very conservative. Um, but when I live... Back in northern Arizona, I'm a like I'm a crazy liberal. Who, like, <laughs> yeah, you are. Like that's, yeah, my, that's are. the thing. Like it, it all depends on the culture you're in. But like, if I don't agree with you on this one thing, then like if I don't um, I, some if I don't like praise Georgia for just getting rid of um, abortion, you know, like I, I can't say anything about that that's negative whatsoever. Which there are things that I think they didn't really think through, like. People talk about, like, what do you do with kids that aren't aborted? Oh, just adopt them out. Well, I've worked in in foster care, so I say to who? Mm -hmm. Because the church hasn't done its job to step up to help adopt these kids or help help pregnant mothers who, you know, are in a bad situation. 
there, that doesn't mean that I like abortion. Yeah. Well, we've lost the ability to have that opinion because I got called literally, I was at a a young adult retreat and someone kept telling me, well, I'm against murder. And so obviously I'm not because I would rather, you know, what, what happens to that child after it's born? And there's a lot of numbers to support the fact that Georgia, the state of Georgia doesn't really seem to care too much. What happens to that kid after birth? They just don't want them to be killed in the womb. But again, that made me look like I was like this abortion. Like I want everyone to have an abortion or something, you know, like people took it that strongly. And I was like, there's just a lot of things. This is not a black and white issue because nothing is. But that's the, and, what we've been formed to see, because like currently with, with mass shootings, you're either a gun lover or you want to ban all of them. There's no middle ground. And then also with immigration right now, it's either you want complete and total open borders with absolutely no checks, or you want to shut down the border completely. There's no middle ground because that's the model that we have before us. That's what the leadership models. That's what, ah, that's what we naturally fall into in these rhythms of conversation. Okay. So real quick, let let me say, can I say one more thing though? I guess we're already breaking our own rules, but go for it. Will I know, man. Well, what I was going to say is I know we focus on the political, but it's not just the political either. You know, I mean, like one of the one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is is, is like the religious side of it, too. And how, you know, there, there's been some I don't even know how I know the guy, but but somehow I'm, I'm associated with some pastor. And uh, and he's been posting stuff about like even this this group that kind of is seemingly walking away from Orthodox Christianity and how. You know, we can't even use any of their music anymore or anything like that. Like, it's just I mean, it's just it, it's not just political. It's everything. It's every aspect. Like, we have to completely separate ourselves. Well, we use the example of some, something that we disagree with. You can't be a Kansas Chief fan. You have to be a Broncos fan. There's no compromise there, right? Well, that's right. Just, uh, yeah, you're mixing man. things. That you, that, what are you talking about? Of course, he can't be a Chiefs fan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but hey, but I can I can talk to Chiefs fans. <laughs> so I mean, we spent a lot of time talking to Chiefs fans at, at just, the games. Exactly. I've actually had exactly. we've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like I remember when we went to go see Tebow play one time when he was a Bronco, and he won the game surprisingly. And there was a guy behind us who said, "That's not fair. He cheated. He threw the ball because Tebow <laughs> hadn't. He'd only thrown like four passes in the whole first half of the game, and then he threw a touchdown pass to start the second court, the second half." But, like, okay, so one thing we didn't do, though, Josiah, and this is actually a rule. I know I'm breaking the rules. You are. But I'm also making sure we don't break one of our previous set rules. What was our which previous is, set rules? We were pretty negative. I, I was pretty negative on the church in a lot of ways. So we didn't talk about how to fix it. So I just want to mm. say one thing we can all do, and this is, like, not something you can do to the, the person you're discussing with. If they, if they still treat you. If they cuss you out or like treat you like you're you're nobody, that's on them. But what we need to do as people is find new ways to go to someone and say, "Yeah, I know we disagree, but hey, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to discuss right. it yeah. with you, but I, I want you to know I don't hate you. I might not agree with you, but there's we can still be friends." And the thing that keeps coming to my mind, this is from like a sermon I think I don't remember. It might have been like up to two years ago. We were talking about how Paul typically started with his letters with grace and peace to you. Yeah. And recently in the last like couple of weeks, I've been really thinking about that. Like, what would it be like Hmm. if in a real conversation, I walked to somebody and said, grace and peace to you before you even start, Hmm. like, what would that do to your brain and to theirs before you even have a discussion about something and say, Hey, 
we might not agree, but that's okay, and I still love you. So that's that's something I I don't know. I just can't get that out of my head, and maybe I need to start actually doing it to people, just saying grace and peace, like as a legit thing to help me. And it's not for them; Mm. it might help them, but it's for me to say, "Hey, I am responsible for." I tell kids this all the time, like when you have a kid, like walk up and punch a kid, right? And then they someone hits it; they get hit back. Like, or like, or anything like, I don't know, people are like tattling to well, they're not in the right spot in line or whatever. Like you can't control them. You control you. Don't worry about the other person. Start with you. Absolutely. Um, and I'm trying to find new ways to make sure in life, because I'm getting frustrated with the political stuff. I'm, I'm frustrated with the way people are hating on each other. And I'm, I'm having a harder time keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> and being nice and i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying uh-huh. to stop myself from being a jerk that's a that's a surprise oh yeah really yeah. <laughs> brothers <laughs> brothers um no, so like in everyday conversation i'm trying for this stuff though Byron, yeah. for the for the send it off stuff that's fine yeah but like that's i'm so i'm trying to find new ways to like in my own life say byron call yourself into question first like take care of you you can yep. only deal with you yep. And make sure you're not being the bully. Make sure you're not the one who's, you know, cutting people out of your life because you don't like their opinion or whatever. Like, I have to be part of the solution. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't cut me out, but I can't control them. I can only do what I can do. So how do I find ways to show the world, hey, I'm a Christian and I love you. Even if you, we don't agree on something, I still care about you. I think that's good. Yeah. Extending grace that's, and peace. That's, that's really good. What yeah. about you, Masters of Theology Willard? Any last closing thought to share? <laughs> no, I mean, well, hey, yeah. If, if we start every conversation that way, I think we're on we're on the way for sure. But what Byron said, I I think is really good too about the introspective part of the of how we need to not be Pharisees, <laughs> right? <laughs> how, how we need to, how we need to realize that we, we are part of the problem yeah. and that we contribute to it and that we need to also be, be, be humble. And we, we need, I need grace. I need yeah, grace. We mess and up. I need peace just, just as much as anybody yeah, we else. We mess up and we need grace. So, and the only thing I would add yep. is a reminder from James, like be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. just a very simple life lesson that would do us all a lot of good. So yeah, yeah, yep. Good well, stuff. folks, this is uh this is going to be the conclusion of our hashtag blessed episode zero zero two. So as always, we'd like to remind you that you can find this podcast, you can find season one, all of the places podcasts are available. You can even rate and review it, and as Byron would like to request, give us constructive feedback if you want to give us that. You can find us on all of the social medias on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram some variation of millennial pastor or rev millennial, and you can join in the conversation. Uh, You can listen to this version of the podcast every week, but stay tuned. We are also going to have a long form version that comes out on a probably every other week basis where we get to interview more people about the lives that they are living. And we get to hear more about what millennials who are pastors once upon a time currently, or maybe not pastors but I have a lot of thoughts about the church think. So until next time, I'm your host, Josiah. I'm your co-host, Byron. I, I guess I'm a co-host too. My name is Will. <laughs> and this has been the hashtag blessed version <laughs> of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. And Thanks I just want to say, Will was a very good co-host. 
and I'm and Grace I've and been hashtag well. blessed to be on this. Ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you wow, that's it, folks. Peace be with you.